Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. So glad that you could join us again for another week. I really am excited today to have um, a new friend to me. His name is Faust Ruggiero. He is a therapist, a self-help author, and a COVID-19 mental health expert. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for inviting me, Nelly. No, thank you. I'm so glad that uh, you're on. So Faust has written an award-winning book titled The Fix Yourself Handbook. He has also developed the Process Way of Life counseling program and podcast. He has worked in various settings, including clinics for deaf children, prisons, nursing homes, substance abuse centers, and inpatient facilities. He also provides counseling services for veterans, first responders, law enforcement, and other emergency personnel. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, you probably have helped thousands of people. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's been a labor of love and I'm still doing it. It's one of those things I, uh, I don't know that I'll, I'll ever want to put down. Oh, I'm sure it's, it's emotionally exhausting though as well. It can be if, if you uh, overinvest your emotions, but uh, you, know, you try to keep things in perspective and um, always go in every day as a fresh new day and say, well, now, you know, it, whatever the Lord provides me, that's what I'm going to take care of on that particular day. And uh, I, I can honestly say, I don't, think, I don't think I've worked a day in my life. I go in every day, you know, loving to work with the people I, uh, you know, that, 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 I've, that I'm able to work with. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I loved every one of them. I can't say there's any one of those folks that uh, haven't taught me something and uh, given me an opportunity to help them. Oh, I love that. That's great. And it, yeah, because, you know, when we do help others, sometimes we gain things. Uh, sometimes we gain more than what we're giving. You know, I find. Usually, usually we do. You know, you, we're not going to get a payback uh, that, that's uh, anything huge. We're, we're, it's a service business. Uh, but, you know, uh, I've always said that if it's working properly, then we're teaching them and they're teaching us. And, and that, that, that reciprocity is what makes the process work. Mm -hmm. And it just makes it just makes the world for a better place. You know, it really does. So if you don't mind telling us a little bit about how you got into um, into counseling and how you got into that you're doing, what what made sure. you like, did you suffer from any any mental illness or did you have come from a bad? No, you know what? I was that kid in school that everyone came to and talked with and told their problems. I never understood. I always said, why me? And then as I got older, I realized that the real gift I have is that I'm a really, really good listener. 
and if you if you can do that because that's really what counseling is all about you can you can be the expert and you can have all the all the tricks and do all those kinds of things but if you can't listen to people and really hear what they're saying you're not going to treat you're going to treat what you think are the symptoms you're going to you're going to you're going to it's kind of kind of a canned program if you will uh so i was always a real good listener everyone came to me i enjoyed that and really never never uh, took a different route by the time i was a uh, uh, in high school, I already knew I wanted to go to college and study psychology. I did that, uh, went to graduate school, came out, and then I started going, working in the different places. Thought that if I acquired a, a real diversified background, I'd have a whole lot more to draw on when I help people. You know? and, uh, and so I uh, did that for about 10 years. And then um, about 30 years ago, started the, uh, uh, my counseling practice you know, and uh, have been doing that since that time. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's just a very rewarding place to go, but it's, it's not something I chose. It kind of chose me when I was a kid, you know? And, yeah. And that's, that's rare because most people change their careers like three times in their lifetime. So, yeah, yeah. but yeah, and I, I am good at what I do, but I love what I do. So, you know, if, if you really love what you do, then you get good at it because yes. it becomes not only a passion, but something that, that you really feel good about it. And, and it's a gift you have. I always feel I've given the gift. So it's, it's my responsibility to give it to other people then. So, mm. so it's, it's not something that, that, uh, that I put down very easily. I love that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, it's not always what people tell you. It's what they don't say as well. You know, it's one of the reasons I, when I wrote the book is it's got 36 chapters on all different subjects. And, and it's really what we see in counseling. People will come in and they'll say, this is wrong and that's wrong. And, and they may be very much on target, but they don't have the whole story. Sometimes they're not giving it to you. Sometimes they just don't know. Uh, they don't know they're depressed. They don't know they have anxiety. They don't know what's come uh, through their lives historically. So when you start opening up things up and you, you, know, you listen to what they have to say, by the time you put the treatment plan together, what was one or two or three things is now 10 things. And so there's, there, there's a lot to do. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's a lot, a lot of times what they don't tell you, but sometimes it's not that they're keeping it from you. They just don't know. Right. Like I'm, I'm just curious about something. So for me, example, um, my audience knows that I suffer from anxiety, depression, and PTSD. And so for me as a patient, for example, or somebody who would require your services, um, when you're in that place, like you said, you don't know, I just wanted to comment about that because when you're in that place, sometimes you don't, not only do you not know, but you, you're, you're like confined where you don't even know how to ask for help. So do you find that a lot of the people that come to you come maybe because a family member thinks they need to come or do they come in their own will? Because for me, for example, it wasn't until somebody else noticed, like I didn't know how deep I was in my stuff until somebody else said hey you know so now now that I'm, i've kind of learned how to manage with it i come out and just say to my husband look if you see me doing this this and this then you need to do something because now i know what what happens with me or i don't want to get out of bed or the things that go on but if you don't know and you're somebody you know you, you you're you're watching a loved one and you're not really sure what's happening, but things are changing. Maybe you're the one that needs to be, you know, pushing that person. Cause when you, you don't know, and you don't like, you know that you're suffering, but you don't really know 
that you need help, where to go, maybe you're ashamed, you're embarrassed. So when people come to you, do they mostly come on their own terms? To, uh, it really is one or the other, I always say. It's, it's what you just said. Someone says, hey, what's going on with you? You really need to talk to someone. We're seeing these things over and over again. Or the person themselves gets to the point where they kind of bottom out, where they just, if the world stops, and, and what do I do now? And, and then they make a call. Um, and uh, you're right. Uh, life life kind of normalizes. You know, people have been uh, suffering from something for 20 years, but it's what they know. It's what they get up with every day. And they really don't understand that there's something better out there. Um, so when they get into me, for example, anxiety, you know, people come in and they'll tell me I'm anxious because of all these things, not understanding that a lot of anxiety is a physical condition. It's what's going on in your own body. And then since it, it comes up and you can't find, you can't understand why it's coming up. We look out there to find some things that um, are going to explain our anxiety when sometimes it's nothing more than physical. So, you know, we want to get people to get in the office and then understand. That's one of, one of the first things I do is let's define some things. Let's look at where you are. Let me hear what you have to say. And then let's define what's going on so you understand it first. And because, you know, they'll, they'll come in and when the first two or three or four sessions, they want to they want to get this thing fixed. And I say, well, I really got to get you to the point that you understand everything because the counseling will end after a certain period of time. And I really want you to have all the skills necessary to move forward. Uh, so, um, you know, they come in not knowing that they really, they, they know they're uncomfortable. They know things are not working out, but to, to understand why, and you, you and I talked about, you know, when your dad passed, all the things start to happen, but, you know, if it's depression in there, often, often you're not going to tell anyone because the depression is what stops you from telling everyone. Mm, or so for I, me, I it was, yeah, sorry. For me, it was, I wanted to not appear weak. So I wanted to help my mom and my brother. So they were okay. So I did all the, turned on the business hat, did all the things that you're supposed to do. And it wasn't until my son was, um, it wasn't until he was older that I felt that I could you know, just breathe and exhale till I got that. But for me, when I went to the doctor, it's not that I showed up and said, um, I think I'm anxious. I didn't know what it was. So I came in, I'm dying. I'm having a heart attack. All the yep. bodily symptoms that you're talking about. So when he said that to me, I'm like, oh, you're crazy. I'm not worried about anything because I didn't think that I was. Sometimes it's not that you're, you know, so worried and thinking and it's just everything accumulates, I think. And you just... And, and, and the other part of that is it does accumulate, but then a lot of us are very proficient at going out and handling all that, you know, or I, I really can't let down because mom's got this to deal with and, and maybe my, my brother over here and this person over here. And I've always been pretty good at coming through the day. I know I get a little crazy during the day, but then at the end of the day, I seem to be able to put it all together tomorrow, I'll wake up and I do it again until I get to the point that I finally hit the wall. And, and, and I don't know what's going on. Everything just fell apart and I'm not sure why. And my perspective is gone. And that's what we do. We, we put perspective back in. Yeah. So don't suppress because I Never. find I suppress during the day. And then at night, when I start to think about everything, you get so overwhelmed with your feelings and you don't know what to do with them. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. So if you're someone that's listening right now and not only has anxiety, but if you're somebody 
that um, has a loved one that you're worried about, you know, reach out to them. They might not know enough to do something about it. So, you know, maybe you can learn something through our show today that can help you help them take the first step because being on the other side, I can tell you, um, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to make this about me. We're here to listen to you, but I'm just, you know, I can tell you that once you do know that it's not something you're going to die from, you live so much better. And not only do you live better, but you want to help everybody else figure it out because, you know, you're just like, oh, you don't have to suffer anymore. There's things that you can do. You know, when people come into the office, uh, I, I say to them, how motivated are you to do this? How do you feel you are worth the time it takes to get to feel better? And, you know, and they, they just look at me when I ask that question. Sure, I do. I said, well, if you are, then are you willing to take all the time? What if it takes a year? What if it takes two years? Are you willing to take the time? Are you worth all of that? Uh, and, 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 you know, that's the first step. Uh, and then the second thing is I just established, let's, let's look at where you are now. Let's establish our starting block because everybody comes in, you know, people come in on autopilot. I always call it, you know, they're just going They're They're putting in time every day. They have their habits that they're, that they use most, a lot of them aren't very good. Uh, and uh, so I, I establish a starting spot. I take them off autopilot, if you will, and we establish some initial things that we're gonna do to start this thing and, and get it going. And, and, and the key is just what you said, you're not gonna die from it, but not only that, there's hope. This is, it's all fixable. There's nothing, I always tell them, there's nothing you're going to bring to me that I won't know what to do with. So there is hope. You, you took the biggest first step in the world. You said, I need help. And you went and got it. And, and any of us that do this for a living and we're serious about it, we know what to do when, 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 we, get, when we get to you. I love that. I appreciate people like you because honestly, um, a lot of people like me would be lost. So thank you. It's my pleasure. It's, it's what I do. It's what I love to do. You know, there, there's nothing, you know, I've been doing this so long that, um, you know, I, I, I went through the initial people, then I went through their children. Now I'm in their <laughs> grandchildren. So I'm, I'm not getting any younger. Here. But, but, you know, when the, when the grandchild comes in and says, well, you know, you help my mother and you help my father. And they just have all these things to say about you. And they taught me some things, but what, it, and, and I learned all these things from them. But what they taught me the most is that, when you have something going on and you're not sure you can deal with it, get it out of you. Because if it's inside you, it's just going to spin around. You think you're going to fix it. You're not. It's just spinning in there and you're hearing your own thoughts over and over again. Go bounce your thoughts off someone else. It was the most invi invaluable advice uh, you know, that they gave me. And then I get to them and now I'm working with grandchildren who are or turning the corners. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah. And not waiting 20 years and not and, uh, wasting And their that's life. the best part of it. You know, they, they didn't wait. They, they saw that mom and dad or grandma, whoever came through it. And they said, you know what? It worked for them. Uh, and, and, and they went through their usual routine where, well, you know, they were a little weaker and I'm going to, I'm going to solve this on my own. And then they realized, you know, there's wisdom in what they did. And I don't have to take the long route yes. to get where I need to go. That's the, you know, you're, you're, you, you may fi figure it all out, but how much 
uh, anxiety and how much pain do you want to go to before you're going to get there when there is a bit of a shortcut, someone who can come in and say, well, let's organize this. You don't have to do all those things. Let's throw this stuff out. Let's take that one in. Let's do this. And we're going to get you where you want to go. And I'm a little different um, in the way I do uh, my counseling. I, I, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not the doctor who says, uh, I'm on vacation for the next two weeks. So call so-and-so if you get in trouble. These mm -hmm. are my people. Okay, oh, so if I'm on vacation, my phone is there and you are going to call me and do not be concerned about bothering me because I would much rather spend that 10 or 15 minutes with you while I'm on vacation rather than have you come back more broken and then we have a whole lot more work to do. Be concerned about me at that point. Don't be concerned about me at the other time. And I think the other thing is you have to be available 24 hours a day because, uh, you know, you know when it hits, it hits at night. It yes. hits when you're all alone, Yes, you know, and, you know, and it's, so it's not uncommon for my phone to ring at two 30 or three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. And someone's over there saying, I think I'm going to jump off the building. And I said, no, you're not. If you were going to do it, you would have done it. You called me. Mm. So let's get you back inside and we'll talk about some things, you know? So I just think if you're going to, if you're going to have a commitment to do this, then it's, it's a full-time commitment. It's all the time, which is what in the long run really makes it a rewarding experience. Yeah, what you were saying about keeping it in, it just makes it bigger and bigger. It, 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 and not only does it get bigger and bigger, it attaches to everything else. So what used to be this singular little problem over here is now attached to this thing and this thing. And before you know it, you can't separate what, what's going on. That's why it looks like it's all encompassing. And then that's part of what we do. We say, okay, let's dissect this a little bit. It's not attached to this. It looks like it is, or it may have gotten there, but we, we can take it apart and we'll put it back together differently. I think people are getting better about talking about it. Um, but at the same time, um, there's still, you know, there's still those people that'll say, oh, you're just crazy. or you worry too much? Or, you know, and that drives somebody like me crazy because um, we're not crazy. You know, we're just trying to... Uh, to, to figure things out, you know? And so it, everybody who suffers from these types of things can uh, feel better. It's just, you do need to go and talk to somebody, you know, such as yourself, you sound amazing at what you're doing. Yeah, so how does somebody, like in today's world, um, for example, I have a teenager at home who's doing virtual, who's missing his friends. Um, how does somebody cope with COVID-19 and, and being away from their friends and being, um, not just teenagers, but, you know, I think of the elderly a lot. And for me, I really, in my lifetime, want to um, abolish loneliness because I feel that no matter what age you are, where what you're doing, if you feel alone, whether or not you're surrounded by people, it doesn't matter. You can still be alone. Um, if you feel alone, there's no movement, there's no hope, there's nothing. So how do we treat that in, in these times? Again, one of the, we've talked about the first component, which is to talk to people. It doesn't have to be your friends. It may be, it may be your parents, maybe the people you live with. You, you start there if you can, if you get help, if you have to. Uh, there are things you can do to keep it be, getting, from getting so lonely. Well, the first thing I tell people is, please keep your routines. You know, the COVID hit, people were staying home and they said, well, I don't have to shower. I'm not going anywhere. And I used to get up uh, seven o'clock in the morning. I'm getting up at 10. I'm going to bed at two o'clock in the morning. And anyone who knows about depression knows that's just, you know, dynamite and a match. 
Uh, you, you don't want to get that schedule off. Our bodies run best when they're on a schedule. Do that. Take care of you know your exercise if you can. Eat properly. Keep that whole routine. That's number one. The, the second thing is again, you know, we may be confined in, 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 here in the United States. It looks like it's going to hit all over again, and we're going to see quarantines again. Uh, you know, we're a little wiser this time around in terms of what to do, but we're also beaten up a little bit more from the first time around. So uh, I'm telling people, put your your communication piece in there now. All my people, I'm telling this, and when I do the uh, the, the uh, interviews and the podcasts, I say, you know, it's coming. You know, it's just like you're going to go to the store and you're going to get all your supplies, but you got to take care of that emotional, intellectual part of yourself. Have a plan now because here it goes. And once the holidays hit and everyone's been together, we know, we know what January is going to be like. And if there, and if there's no uh, cure for this by that time, and I'm, they're not saying there's going to be a great one, but they're, they're working uh, here in the United States. Pfizer is a company that's just has just come out with something and they're saying it's going to help. It's not going to cure it though. So I say, we know this is going to hit. Get that piece that you need in. Look at the things that you need. One of them, you know, you're not going to be able to go out. So you're going to do a lot of virtual talking. We've got Zoom, we've got Skype, we've got all these things. Get your people in, have not just one person, get 10, get 10 people on, have your little meeting at the end of the day, laugh. Play games on you can do all these things. You've got to be a little creative. What gets in the way for people is that they pout about not having it the way they want it. And you know, we're, you're not going out. The bars are not going to be open. The restaurants are going to close. The gatherings are going to be limited or non-existent. You know this already. Don't get negative on yourself. Get creative. How am I going to, if I'm a social person, I'd love to be out. You know, I, I, all my people are doing this. They're, they're having Zoom meetings that have seven or eight or nine or 10 people on them at night. And, 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 they're, and they're, they're doing charades. They're doing stupid things that make them laugh. And, but, but the laughter is what's missing. Laughter is absolutely essential for all of us. You've got to build that into your program. So, you know, if you've got a computer and it works and you can put these platforms, go do it. Have, have that at the end of your day. It could be a half hour, it could be three hours, who cares? You know, uh, get away from the things that keep you alone. People think gaming is, is, is and, and for some people it is, but you're not seeing anyone, you're going real fast. Slow it down, get your social contacts in so you can- you Mix can, it up you, a bit. Mix it up and feel, I mean, those people are important to you. You, you get your love and your good feelings about yourself and all that, that, that back and forth stuff we all like. Get that in your, in your world because we need that. We need that human touch. We can't physically do it, but we can certainly build a, something in the house that, that, that allows us to do that. Play games with the people in your home if you can. For some people, the home is, hasn't been the happy place, so it's kind of difficult for those folks, and I, and I understand that, but if you can... If you can arrange some time that you can talk to people, even virtual, what a change that is. For sure. It really and is. Thank you for, for all those tips. Those are things that we can remember for sure, like easy things that we can do today. If you are alone, reach out to other people that are alone. You know, we can all be alone together. The thing with this pandemic is it's not uh, discriminating. You know, it's global. Everybody's feeling this. So we all have something in common. We can all talk about, find some commonality to speak about, you know? And if you're doing okay and you see that somebody else doesn't pick up the phone 
Like be aware of That's people around of you. That's the other part. And, and, and I'm glad you brought that up because that is huge. We get wrapped up in our own minds. And our misery uh, too. We do. And then when we go out and we're actually in service of someone else, we look and we say, you know what? This isn't as bad as I thought it was. I spun it around till it got huge in my own mind. And then I talked to this other person and I helped them out. They helped me. And that whole thing worked real well. And it, it, the problem I'm presenting isn't quite as big as, uh, as I thought it was. Now, with that in mind, you also want to make sure the people you're talking to aren't the negative people who are going to suck you into their problems and tell you there's no place out. <laughs> yes. No, no way out of it. You don't want to get in. It's, it shouldn't be a, a, you know, a mutual uh, disadmiration society. You want to make it so that it's positive experience. And you, and you and you and again you laugh and 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 you, and you and you exchange some good things with each other. Yeah, for sure. You don't want to be the one saying, "Oh, my husband did this." Oh, yeah, well, mine did. That. You know, that's just it. Just snowballs, I think. But two things we were talking about this before. Two things that helped me was music and giving back. So I know when I give, even if it's just time, like it doesn't have to be anything to do with money. Um, give time, you know, talk to somebody, um, you know, watch a comedy show online together, whatever it is, play a game. Um, it will make you feel better. It'll make you feel better. And, you know, you may be the one reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, I'm feeling kind of down and, but just talking to somebody to lift your spirits and you won't even notice till after and be like, Oh, I feel different, you know, or the other thing that helps me as well is writing and music. So take this time and write a book. You know, write your thoughts down, journal or whatever. If you've never tried it before and you think it might be corny, just try it anyway. You'll have the time to do it if we get quarantined again. You know, learn a new instrument. Get on with a bunch of people online and just, I don't know, something fun. You know, you talked about journaling and, and people, a lot of people don't want to do it. But what I say is, okay, if you don't want to journal, there's so much, uh, so much opportunity online to write a blog. Mm here's these are my days my covid days in the house and, and and you're getting it out of you and then other people are reading it and you may be helping some other people it's a real nice way to go the other thing i tell people is please don't get up in the morning and say all right it's going to be a lousy day here we go again because you're already in, in that space be able to get up in the morning and say you know you know say a wonderful world but you might say you know what Things are going to come my way and I'm going to make the best of this. I'm going to try to have some fun. I'm going to try to help someone else out. I'm going to try to organize my world so that it, it makes some sense. Be, be as positive as you can and have a plan for your day. Don't just let it, you know, creep by and, and you're a victim of whatever's going on. Take control of some things and have a plan. I don't care if the plan's cleaning the basement or, 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 or doing your blog or whatever it is, have a plan. So you're somewhat productive and you're out of your, out of your brain with all this negativity. Yeah. I love that. And sometimes we rely on other people all the time and we have to take responsibility too. Like there are some of us that maybe can't do what you're saying and maybe do need some professional help, some medication. We're not necessarily talking about those people. We're talking about people who can get up and they're physically able to say, you know, and, and have gratitude and, and for those other people, yeah, reach out and get the help you need because sometimes medication plays a part too. And that's okay. You know, it's all okay. Don't, don't get down on yourself and think you're broken. Uh, you're, you're just experiencing a hard time. Uh, and I tell people this all the time, everything we need 
to be happy is already inside us. We keep looking out there for it. It doesn't exist out there. You know, we've been on the planet for how many centuries? We, you know, we live our lives. The planet has everything we need. We have everything we need. Go inside and get find your strengths. Play to your strengths. That's what I. That's what this whole book, my whole book, is about. Go inside, fix you first. Get strong first. The people that are doing that and they're getting strong are dealing with this pandemic much easier than the people who were who were relying on all the outside stuff. You know, if, if that was your world, everything was outside. That's a fragile way to live life. You have to know that if something happens. I can go inside and I can grab what I have to grab and I'm going to be okay. That's the security you're looking for. Not what you're going to find out there. And we're, and we're seeing that now. And people who have never felt these things before and don't have chronic anxiety, you know, there are more and more of us are, are having anxiety because I mean, it, it's normal right now. I think more people have it than not have it because of all the uncertainty, right? In the world. You know, one of the reasons people also don't get help is because they've tried it three or four or five or 10 times and no one gave them the plan. They all said the cliches, you gotta love yourself. You, gotta, you know, when I wrote the book, I said, what's missing? The instruction sheet, if you will. So in every chapter, at the end of my chapters, I say, okay, here was the problem. We talked about anger in this chapter. Here's the, all the information. Now here are the things at the end of the chapter, do all these things and you're going to feel better. So, you know, if, if we're going to help people, we have to give them something that they can hold on to. If, if you go to a counselor and they're just giving you something out of a book, you might not want to go back. Um, so, you, you, you know, you, you, want to, you want to have the questions answered. Okay, you told me about this. What do I want to do? What can I do? Show me. Yes. You know, it's, it's like you get something in the mail and you have to put it together and there's no instruction sheet. Well, you're really going to have a tough time with it. So, you know, if we're going to help people, we have to give them a, a direction and we have, I think we have to give them the exact steps. We're not going to do it for them, but here are the exact steps you can take. And if you do these, you know, and you keep on doing them, you're going to get better because you know, what goes on in the brain? I always tell people the way that life is, the way the brain works is learning is really about repetition over time. So if I give you the instructions and you go do them over and over again, eventually life has to change because your brain will learn how to do that. I love that. And I think that is what's been missing in a lot of people's books and a lot of people. I think you're absolutely right, because especially if you're in that place, your concentration is low, you have brain fog. You just want people to spell it out for you. You don't want to have to guess and interpret what your physician is saying or your counselor is saying. It's so important. And you know, I know that the holidays are coming and they're going to be very, very different than what they have been before, you know, but what, what you can do, maybe one loving thing that you can do is to buy Fausta's book and give it to somebody who you love, who can, who can read, re read about it and learn about it together as a family. You know, if we are going to be quarantined again, what better way to have the tools? You know, if you're putting out a fire, you get an extinguisher right if you're trying to put out this book sounds great it sounds like it's going to explain things and clear um you know this is what you're going through this is the problem this is what you can do to help yourself if this doesn't work here's something else keep trying keep trying right so i love that you know, and, and, and you know, when people come into the office i i saw that from the beginning they would come in and they just what you said they're lost they're confused there's conflict they're so anxious that 
now counselors start explaining, giving them the long version of this. And they're saying, first of all, I can't follow what you're saying because I'm just too anxious. So in the office, I say, good, here is the information you need to know about this. Here's what we're going to do. When I wrote the book, I decided that it was going to be kind of a, uh, another way to look at a counseling session. So again, instead of one or two or three or four problems, which is what most self-help books do, there are 36 in here, but they're only three or four or five pages long. So you get the information you want right there. It's, it's, it's capsulized, it's, it's straightforward, it's concise. And then following that, it said, based on that information I just told you, here is what you do. And I'm finding that, you know, a, a nice thing I'm seeing is even couples, couples are reading this, they're reading one chapter at a time and then they're doing it, which, when, and I, I never thought about that, you know, when I wrote the book that we, we could use it for couples counseling, but they're reading one thing at a time, one chapter at a time. And they said, okay, I read it. Now you read it. Well, let's talk about how we're going to take those steps at the end and do them together. So for people locked in the house, they're actually using this as time, you know, to say, well, we're going to be here. Here's something we can work on every day. Yes. It's cheaper than divorce, isn't it? <laughs> Come to my office or his, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's sort of like one of those bedside um, books, right? Where you can, that's why you've called it a handbook too. It's appropriate. Yeah, I called it a handbook and then, and then I wanted it to be a reference book. So, you know, cause you can read the book and say, you know, gee, well now uh, here I am people pleasing again. And you know, I have a chapter on that and uh, you know, I'm doing it again. What did he say about that? You go here, it's on this page, it's five it's five pages long, whatever. I'm gonna read these five pages and then he's gonna tell me exactly what I have to do. Ah, oh, it's a refresher course. Now I see where I went off track again and I go bring myself back on. So again, that's what we do in counseling. You know, we, we, we help people, we get them through this, they're gone, but then something happens and they call up and they say, can I come in for a refresher session? absolutely come on and and that's usually maybe they need one or two so i wanted the book to be able to do that too so you don't have to you know say where was that in the, in this book that's 500 pages long and, and the chapters are 60 pages long and i gotta go try to find out where that was they can go right back and uh and, and know exactly where to go and in and in 20 minutes be back to where they need to be i love that because sometimes you know um counselors and doctors and and they, they don't speak in language that people can understand, you know, and people are ashamed to say, I don't understand because they don't want to appear, you know, like they have a learning problem. Yeah, or, or, right. They're afraid to ask that. And then you leave and not know what you're doing. And then the next time you go back, they say, well, didn't I tell you this? And you, you, and just, you feel more hopeless. Oh, it's right. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I like to ex explain it. Give lots of times to lots of time for people to ask the questions, give exactly what they want to do, and, and their time to also. And I have people that come in, you know, with with notepads or their phones, and they're 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 putting, you know, okay, I should do this, I should do this, and the old way counselors work is they didn't like that. You're telling them what to do, but the problem is if you don't, then you have to assume they got your message, and then somehow they're going to leave your office and put it all together and know exactly where to go with it rather than say, you know, I'm not going to fix it for you, but I can tell you what to do because you're the one that's going to go home and do it anyway. I think that's a much kinder approach. Um, what is your take on schools teaching more about, like even elementary schools teaching more about mindfulness and anxiety and just things to, to notice? Because as an adult, 
when I was diagnosed in my late 30s, I had known a little bit about it. I was a bit naive, to be honest, about anxiety. I just like, okay, somebody's choking me. I can't breathe. I thought it was all physical, right? Because I wasn't really noticing that I was worried about anything. Like I couldn't tell you what it was because it was years of accumulation, yeah. you know? I think it's a good idea. I think we need, we want to stay away from the terms, anxiety or depression, because kids can really um, lose sight of what that's all about. But we can talk about, hey, are you worried? Are you thinking about things? It's the same thing over and over again, and it just keeps coming up. And we can help you with that. Um, you know, are, are you are you covering the same ground again? Are people hurting you? I mean, you know, you know, did did something happen at home? Did some? Oh, your your grandfather died. Well, how did you feel about that? We we don't do any of that, and it doesn't take long to do it because what you're you're not looking to diagnose and you're not looking to treat. You're just looking to identify in the schools. Okay, Bobby has this going on. Wanted to let you know he brought this to our attention, and then we can we can let Bobby know that um, he can come and get some help. And let, a lot of schools, even the ones in my area where I've, where I've helped people, I said let's put some uh, students involved in this. Let you know, and, and and they're identifying kids. They're coming back and saying this one is really struggling. And then there's some little peer groups that we put together, and the kids can go and talk to those people because the kids always know what's going on in school with their student with their student friends long before we do i'll tell you who else who know i'll tell you who else knows the janitor yes, the, all the people that all the i can people guarantee that are, you <laughs> the janitor hears sees it's like a bartender i swear to god that's the person i used to talk to the most was the janitor they're right in the mix yeah i i've had that custodians call me and say you know my, you know, my neighbor, he, he comes to our school, but I think, you know, what, what should I do? And then I'll give him a few things to you know, contact the parents, what have you. But you're right. Everyone, the, the teachers often don't know the guidance counselors, even though they're often wonderful people trying to help. They're, they're one of the last people to get the, 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 uh, the problem. Kids know right away. And I've always counseled the teachers to say, tell the, you know, if there's a kid that's suffering, bring it the kids are going to tell you and, and encourage them bring that bring that information to me i'm not going to say you said it i'm not going to call them out on it but i may just pull them aside and say gee how are things are going and i'll start a conversation and see where that person where that student goes with it you, you see a lot of things and like you say um w w even with kids what they don't tell you speaks volumes you'll see it if there's a problem then you can take some steps to help them out. And it's tough because as adults, we're doing our own thing too. And the teachers are going to school. They have their lives. They have their, you know, it, it's tough to be engaged enough sometimes and not be exhausted after everything that's happening. But it's so important. I think it's important because a lot of people, um, I don't know if there's a, if there's a link or not, but I feel that there is. A lot of people that do suffer from anxiety and depression, for example, are very creative. They feel things deeply, all those types of things. So why not maybe teach them in a creative way, like do role plays or put on a play or something where the kids can actually see certain conversations and because sometimes they don't want to speak or they, they're very closed in showing other kids. That goes across age groups. Even when I counsel adults, it's not like I can use the same format with everyone. Uh, you know, some people are anxious and they're just, you know, I, 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 so I've got to 
see how I speak to them. Some are depressed. Some are, are not going to hear me to, uh, talk directly to them. I've got to kind of go through the back door a little bit. Some I have to explain things. Some people I, I can just bring it out and they go. So it's the same thing with kids. Uh, and, and even with my adults, some, some people learn well from reading. So I'm good. They're, they're, they're more visual with what they're doing. Some are, I can go auditory. So that's another thing that we do. We try to, do, as we're working, we say, okay, what's the best way you're going to learn? Because not everyone learns the same way. So, you know, you listen differently, you talk differently, you teach differently. Is there anything else you want to let us know about your book so we can understand how to work through it? Should we do it in order? It, it doesn't matter. I, I always tell people at least go through the first four chapters because that's the real foundation of the program. That's where I tell people, you know, we talked about taking life off autopilot. You know, let's just not follow the norm. Don't worry about following the crowd. Let's decide where you are. I, tell, I teach people how to slow down they're thinking because we're, we are going so fast with everything that we do and, and everything's quick fixes and get me there real fast. And, and in the end you pay the price. So I want them to slow down. And then a, a huge chapter is what I call I over E, which is intellect over emotion. It doesn't mean that I don't want people to emote or express their emotions. I just want them to get their brains into it first and then uh, learn how to not react and, and just explode or, or, or break down Let's look at the facts, become an, a, more of an expert at looking at the facts first so you can put together a plan for yourself. Then you, when you emote, you're emoting on things that make sense. I love uh, that. But, that makes a lot of sense to me. Like as somebody going through the book, for example, right. that, yeah, it, it does because a lot of what you're feeling is all emotional. But if you do put your brain into it first, you could really downplay some things and about CBT as well. And just, you know, let's play it out. You know, how much of what I'm thinking, like, what's the worst case scenario? If all these things that I'm thinking are going to happen, how bad is it really? Like, can I still survive? Right. You're giving yourself time to talk about facts and talk about things that make sense. And, and that's something I always say to people. Let's look at the worst case scenario. How bad do you think this can get? And you'd be surprised how, you know, end of the world they get. And I say, no, let's look at that. Let's really take the, the facts, get your emotions out of it for a moment. Almost make it like you're helping someone else. If, if you were going to help someone else with this problem, would you tell them that? Would you say, my God, you're going to die? Of course not. You know, so, and the emotions, you know, it's part of the way you're thinking, but it's also part of the way your, your body addresses it. Your body gets so worked up so fast that now your, your brain is answering the speed of your body. So, you know, I teach them how to, how to breathe a little bit different. That's in the book, right? You know, we use different tactics just to get to the point that you're in the moment. Stay in the moment right now and stop worrying about what's going to happen uh, two months from now. What if this pandemic hits? You know, you know I, I, I always use the, um, when it comes to talk about the, uh, the pandemic, I go back to March when the emotions took over and we couldn't find toilet paper. <laughs> that was insane. You know, they, they, somebody went on somebody, somebody went online and, and on television and said, stock up on all the paper goods. And they all went out and I, I saw people with carts full of toilet paper. And I, I, if we would have taken our time, just sat back at your, your, your head into it, we'd have said, if I get quarantined, my family members, extended family, friends, churches, whatever, they will bring supplies to me. They'll put them on my porch. I'll put the money out there and I will be just fine. So, and I just, I, you know, and I hope that people will be better this time around 
But I was just talking to one of the local distributors who says, no, we are ordering tons and tons of toilet paper again because it's already coming off the shelves. Seriously? We should know by now we survived it once. It wasn't the toilet paper that got us through it. And, you know, there's so many countries that don't have toilet paper normally. Like, we just need to make do, you know, honestly. Like, have a shower. Like, I'm sorry to be so blunt about it, but... You know, exactly. what happens to the cancer patient who has chronic diarrhea, who doesn't have toilet paper because some idiot went and out. 50 of them. Right. So that's when the emotions take over and we now go out and we do all these things or we react or we, we're, we're screaming at people. We're, I, I, and I tell, you know, it's that old thing, you know, when we were a kid, mom would say, count to 10 and just uh, don't, re that was wisdom in that. It's like I said in the morning when you get up and you decide how you're going to live your day. When something happens, that first three or four or five seconds where you say, just what you said, let me figure out what I'm going to do here because that's what it's all about. Let me not react to that. Let me get the information. Let me make an intelligent decision. Then I can put my emotions into this because my emotions are not going to give me a solution. They're going to make me feel like I'm, I'm half crazy. And it's exhausting. It's really and exhausting. And it's exhausting, right. So I get them to do that in the first four chapters. And then, you, you know, different chapters are going to mean more to different people. Some people, anger is going to be more people pleasing. Setting boundaries is going to be important to someone else, you know, learning how to communicate or, or confront things. There's chapters on everything, but different chapters are going to be more important. I definitely to want to read your book. You've sold me. I'm a fan. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> And I love what you're saying about autopilot, you know, and that was me. So not only do you do things the same way, but the same feelings come attached to those things. Oh, yes, they over and over again. So even if you want to get up in the morning and have that, okay, let's be grateful, you know. Well, it's just not in your your vision because it's not what you normally do. It's just, you know, okay, move from one. Like, life is not only boring, but it's meaningless, and you got to have some purpose to it. Sometimes just, you know, people say that just a change is, is a break. And it's so true. When I started to focus less on my problems and started helping people with theirs, wow. It's different, you know. Incredible. And, and one, of the, one of the major themes in the book, and it's what I've taught in counseling for years, is stop worrying about all these grandiose destinations. They occupy about 2% of your life. The other 98% is day by day, mundane, everyday things. It's a journey. And you really, we really want to be able to love all the minutes of our journey. If your day, if you're given, you know, you're blessed and have another day to live, why not get up and say, I really want to have a good time today. I want to enjoy all these moments. Because you know when you when you're in, on that on your deathbed and you're taking your last breath, you want to turn by, look at yourself and say, "Well, those two percent really made my life worth it." Or do you want to be, say, "You know what? My life was good. I really worked at, at making all of my life good and, and and good for those people around me." That's what it's really all about, uh, you know. So a mundane day doesn't have to be mundane unless you choose to make it mundane make but one thing really special about that day maybe and different because that was me like i was just going through the motions you know and then when my father died i'm like what am i doing you know life is so prob like there's things thrown at you and all this stuff but then when he was dying in front of me it was like that's it like it was so anticlimactic 
exactly. took his last breath. It was over. And then it was done. Net, move on to the next thing. I'm like, what is that? I don't want to live like that, you know? And from that day forward, I promised myself that that would be the last day because it's just, you know, we all wish our week work week away just for Saturday. You're like, you're wishing away five days just to live. That's what day. I say. And I have people say, well, I was really busy at work today. It made the day go real fast. And I think to myself, you want the day to go fast. There's going to be a point where you're not here anymore. You're rushing to get there. I just think that, you know, enjoy all the moments, make them do what you need to do to make your journey a, a nice place to be. And we're all, we all have challenges. I, I have people, I, I, I have a fellow who, who lost his legs, uh, um, in a car accident and he is the happiest guy in the world because my journey is good i he said i'm gonna he said he's gonna be in that chair forever now am i gonna sit here and drink or or or, or be depressed and, and be angry at people or am i gonna take this and run with it and that's what he's done so it's these aren't things we can't do but i just think uh, you know i teach people how to be passionate from the inside you know, we want, to, we want something to make us feel good. And I just think if we're really feeling good and passionate on the inside, that's what wraps around the rest of our, of our lives. Yes. So, and it's know, contagious. The, it is. And as you get into the later stages of the plan of, of the book, that's where you're getting. You're getting to the point where uh, you're, get, you're, get, you're working with your creativity and your passion. You're seeing what humility does and how well that guides your life. Uh, and gratitude, and you're grateful for every second of your life, not just for the big Christmas gift you got, or the car, or the or the vacation. Uh, and then you get to the point where now you're starting to like your journey, and that's where you find the love for yourself down the road. Yeah, and you know, Faust, those moments like those Christmas, you know, it, it it's what it is. It lasts a moment. Whereas a feeling, you know, if you break up your work day and you're bored, you know, just reach out to the person beside you, do something for them. That feeling will carry with you for the next few hours. It's not just a, here's, you that's know, right. I love that. That's, and, that's right. and I really do. I think we all need to try that because, you know, a, a lot of people say it's very common when you hear, oh, life is short. You know, we don't really think of those words. It's just something everybody says. Just like when people say, I love you. They don't really pay attention to what it means, right? It's just, exactly. you know, or how are you? And somebody will say terrible and be like, oh, that's good. Because we don't hear them, right? We don't hear the answer. So I think we really do need to, it's not until sometimes you hit rock bottom or someone you love is dying that you see how life is really short. So before getting to that part, you know, just try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and really think about what that means, you know, and then you'll see that, yeah, I do need to, you know, I could be living my life a bit better. And how can I help the next person and the next person? Maybe we won't all be so grumpy, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so where can we find you besides your book? Do you, tell me what your website is. I would love to uh, have the audience check you out. Website is my name, FaustRogero.com. Uh, you can type that in or type Fix Yourself Handbook and it'll get you there. And uh, the, website, the website is dedicated solely to the book. You'll find you know, a little bit about me there, but everything about the book, chapter outlines are there. So you can look at it and say, geez, I, I now I'm seeing what every chapter does before I buy the book. Oh, I think great. that was just an honest way to go forward with the book and people can see that. Uh, and it has, you know, everything, uh, excerpts from the book, uh, uh, all all the kinds of things that 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 they'll be interested in uh all the podcasts they're all there uh and then you can, if you want to buy the book then the, uh, there's a little link on there that gets you to barnes and noble and amazon and all the places where it, they can find the book yeah that's phenomenal so is there an audio version for those 
it's coming that that is now in the works because people have been asking for that they said gee you know I, I, even and, and even people that bought the book i read this but i would really like to put this in my car and you know on my long drive home where i can go through a chapter or two and get back to those steps and keep reinforcing it so that's just we're just starting to get into that now because for me i like a physical book but if i'm you know having a bad day and you know i tend to get like migraines if i'm anxious then i can't even read the book you know but i still that's when i need to hear it so i think for mm -hmm. people like that or people with vision problems i think it's important that a self-help group has that option right to reach yeah. reach more yeah. people so that's phenomenal that is coming yep is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to you want people to know no no it's good i just i just always as i close these things i always like to tell remind people you have everything inside you it's a it's about going inside learning how to access all those things to find what they are and then to learn how to use them you know it could be a pandemic it could be a disease it could be people passing all these things are going to happen in our lives we really want to get strong on the inside it's going to help us deal with those things but it also makes our life a really nice wonderful loving passionate place to be once you learn how to go inside yourself and, and, and find all those nice things. You know, people th think therapy is about going get all the negative things. It's really about going get all the good things. You know, the negative things are there. The good things always trump the negative things. So go inside and, and, and be willing to find all the good things about yourself. They're there. Yeah, I, I really love that because we do tend to, you know, even when we're praising a child, or it's always less praise and more discipline yeah. yeah and that's not good for morale or mood or anything and if people are listening it's not shameful to ask for professional help you know um that's what they're here for that's what they're studying right that's, the job. And that's their experience you know many people that they've heard there's you know to similar stories before so it's okay like honestly i had to get over that for a bit so i was angry mm -hmm. when i was first diagnosed i was like no you know and i was just angry i had to learn something else so once I accepted it and got over that, things got better. Key to uh, counseling is to tell people you're not, don't rush. You're not trying to get to the finish line. That's, that's when it really can backfire. You're going there to learn something that you get to use every day for the rest of your life. And it's only going to get better. Don't worry about, I have to get there and fix this. Let me get out of the people, people will ask me, how long is this going to take? And I say the rest of your life because the counseling will end, but don't you want to go on and use all these great things we're talking about the rest of your life and make everything good? I think that's the way it should be. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation today. And I think you, uh, you helped a lot of people and you gave us a lot of great tangible things that we could do. And your book sounds amazing. It really sounds very, um, very easy to digest. So, you know, very powerful. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, I, it has been my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.